This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bintliff and I'm joined by Carlos Saba. It's great to see you again, Carlos. I feel like every time we talk, uh, you've just got this really great way of sort of casually explaining the most complex and difficult sort of scenarios. And today we're talking about transactions, uh, which is a super, um, I don't know, involved word that can mean all kinds of different things. Uh, So let's start with, um, how should I be thinking about this? As a business leader, as a CEO, as an executive, I mean, are we just talking about buying and selling stuff? Are we just talking about acquiring something? Uh, is there more to it? And is it really that complicated? Can't I just uh, turn over some bucks and get something back? What do we, uh, what's the, what's the, I don't know, what's the paradigm around which transactions can cause so many issues and needs a little bit further discussion? Well, it's a, a topic that I uh, absolutely love love talking about and love trying to simplify for our audience, for our partners, and for and for business owners and and leadership teams that we we help. Um, I would say it sometimes can be very simple buying and selling, but more often than not, it can take on a lot of different different flavors and. One thing that I I believe is that businesses early on can often end up doing many complex transactions because of a scarcity of resources that down the road as they mature, they will actually try to undo. So imagine a big company that's already gone through its maturation. It's got all the resources in the world. But if you're a, a small or mid-sized company, you might have had to take on an investor here for this project, finance this in a particular way, do some creative structuring so that you had the resources to grow. Well, later down the road, as you're trying to simplify your business or maybe even prepare it for an exit, you might want to undo a lot of those transactions so that it's a much tighter package and simpler business to understand. But sometimes when you're you're early on, you don't have all those options. You have to do particular routes to get the assets you want to, to grow your business. So I would say transactions are absolutely more than, than buying and selling. I think there's a, a significant evolution and things that we and business owners are looking at that are beyond buying and selling companies. And it's for the for different motivations that um, not only include growth, but it can be for reasons of risk management, tax mitigation. And, and in private companies, there can often be non-financial reasons to be doing these transactions. What are some of those non-financial reasons? Uh, Think about succession planning. Think about uh, estate planning. It uh, you can talk to a lot of business owners, especially those that uh, are concerned about legacy, name, reputation. the The motivation of them when they're engaging in a transaction, particularly a, a sales transaction, isn't to just sell for to the highest bidder. It's to take care of 
employees, uh, take care of their family. Um, in a smaller community, it can almost be taking care of that community um, that has, that they want to give back to. So the public company world certainly can have very clear lines of this is a, a financial reason. But in, in the private business setting, there can be a, a lot more that goes into it, especially with family dynamics and, and community dynamics. Do you have some advice? It feels like part of what I'm hearing you say is, um, like everything uh, from ProCFO Partners' point of view, there needs to be a strategic attitude, a strategic mindset about transactions. So forethought, how does this fit into your maybe one, three, five-year goals? But even looking forward, how does this fit into your successions plan? If you even ask those questions, if you thought about that stuff, do you have advice for how because I think a lot of times, in my experience anyway, transactional, uh, I'm thinking about big things like let's acquire a company. Uh, it's because an opportunity presented itself. We didn't plan on it. We didn't think about it. Uh, now we got to talk to the bank. And that's fine. And if you've got the right relationships, you can adjust. And as you pointed out, larger companies can make this stuff happen. But uh, strategically, how important is it that I'm uh, I'm uh, maybe avoiding as many of those reactive or reactionary things as I can. They're going to come up, I'm sure. But how do I plan for transactions? How do I do I set a bunch of capital aside and just sort of uh, or plan for it? Or maybe it's not about purchasing; it's about selling. How do I put that into my strategy? Yeah, I think there's two parts that you honed in on right away, and and one is preparedness. Um, can't remember the exact expression, but something about um, success is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm. So if you're not prepared to do a deal, your internal operations are not strong. You don't have a, a plan or, or capital available to acquire a business, as, as you suggested, or integrate a business because your house is in, in disarray, bad things will come. But now, if you would, would follow our, our methodology and the way we want to build a business that is prepared for such opportunities, well, then when that opportunity comes along, you're ready and you can act quickly. The second part is the, the owner's mental part of this. And, and sometimes that can extend to the, their family, other member, other senior members of, of the team, but there will absolutely be greater success financially and, and personally if an owner has a plan and they are able to commit to it, plan for it thoughtfully, because too often owners decide, oh, I'm, I'm of a certain age, it's time to retire. Well, you don't have a lot of time to do two things. One, prepare your business for the, the maximum and desired outcome, which sometimes could take years to do optimally. And two, mentally, as an owner, you might not be ready. It, it's remarkable how much time we all spend at work. So therefore, how much it becomes part of our identity. And everybody can, can struggle in, in retirement. But now imagine a business owner who has been in a position of leadership, having people depend on them, um, having a 
very significant purpose in their everyday life behind this profession and this identity that they create. And suddenly it's, it's gone. It, it takes um, a lot of mental preparation and thought as to what that next chapter of life can look like outside the business. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com One of the things that I love about what you're sharing, and there's a lot to unpack, uh, Carlos, is we've been talking a lot on the podcast lately about um, change management and transition management, how there's a cultural aspect to that, a, a real people dynamic, a real psychological dynamic. And you're raising a lot of those issues uh, from as you pointed out, the point of view of maybe the family uh, dynamic or that close kind of, we've got employees that have been here for 18 years. Um, but there's also a customer facing dynamic sometimes. One of the things that I'm thinking about is um, huge example, but when eBay bought PayPal and intertwined it into its every function uh, from the customer's point of view, and then decided later, yeah, this strategically isn't quite what we were looking for. And they had to extricate not only themselves, but they had to teach their customers new behaviors or install entirely new expensive time consuming systems and frameworks to accommodate that. Is that a concern? How do I think about, because it's real easy to get into the sort of myopia of what is this doing to the business and dollars and cents and all that and operations, but what's the customer impact or what questions or thoughts do I need to be having about that? So when it relates to, to acquisitions, there needs to be a very good thought process of what these two businesses offer when they when they come together. There can be um, synergies from a, a product standpoint, synergies on, on the customer side. Sometimes you're selling something new to the customer base that you have such a great, great relationship with. I would almost say to use your, your PayPal, eBay, example, that's what eBay intended. They wanted to offer something extra to their loyal eBay auction uh, participants by making the payment portion of it easier for both both sides in the transaction. And of course, they uh, also gained a greater share of the, the money changing hands. But that was helping by advancing the product. Um, where you can end up with, with challenges is not every organization can absorb and integrate. It is very much a, a skill set, one that can be developed, um, but takes, takes practice and, and takes a, a deep team to be able to, to do so. You know, you, you mentioned skill sets. Some of us won't have more than you know, a handful of transactions, big transactions. Some of us, as you pointed out, mature companies, this is we got entire teams and experts and departments that can help us manage this. 
I'm not thinking about those right now as, as much as I am kind of that family business or that small business. Uh, I can't really afford to get this wrong. I don't want to make too many big mistakes. Uh, what do I do about that? Is that, uh, I don't know, is that among the, the risks I need to manage or do I need to kind of um, surround myself with really deeply experienced experts? Because when these things come up and I want to start getting to it, I can I can make a wrong turn without even realizing it. And it's by the time I do, it's way too late. What do you, what's some advice you have or guidance in this? If you have those resources internally, that's wonderful. But most businesses do not and need to rely on uh, a pool of experts that have experience in identifying deals, working through the process to execute the transaction, such as good counsel on attorneys, counsel on diligence in various areas of expertise from technology to uh, HR, compliance, et cetera. And then there's that third stage of now we've got these two things together. How do they continue to come together and act harmoniously for the benefit of all the stakeholders, the the customers, the employees, the the suppliers, as well as the the shareholders and and owners. That's That's the toughest part. But execution there matters more than strategy. The, the, the most brilliant combination of two businesses, if there is not an infrastructure and there are not people that can get these two businesses and all of these assets to work together, disasters. What is uh, the CFO's role in all of this? Uh, I, both the question is ideally, um, what's the CFO's role? But also, what do I do with again? Let's let's put ourselves in position of I'm a, I'm a family business or I'm a small business, and I might have somebody on my team who I call the CFO. Maybe they're a controller, but maybe they uh, are really great at certain aspects. We've talked about this a lot before. Maybe they're great at the reporting stuff, but strategic mindset, maybe not so much. How should I be thinking about my CFO uh, and the responsibilities that I should be not just like sort of uh, hesitantly handing over, but with relief, oh, you do this part. I don't need to think about that. I got this other stuff that you've already told me about that's keeping me up at night that I got to deal with. Sure. So I would say we should play a pretty active role. Um, that's one of my favorite uh, things that I do with my relationships is evaluate transactions and, and execute transactions and, and ultimately um, create value from those from those deals. You will not always have the, the resources internally and, and even the CFO will not be able to do everything themselves. It's a matter of understanding what do we do well and where do we need assistance and expertise that we can leverage for a, a, a good transaction. And different CEOs and different leadership teams will have different understandings of the strategy, the operations, the integration, the culture people um, that will ultimately make this successful. So you have to work with what what resources and and constraints you have, as well as what uh, areas of expertise and what skills you excel in as a a company. And, And don't diminish those things that you 
uh, excelling because that is that sh- that advantage should be pushed on a on a transaction for it to be more successful. Don't shy away from the weakness. Push it. Oh, interesting. I think that's really good advice. Strong and bold advice. And it comes back for me to that sort of discussion about skill sets. And we've talked before and you've shared, uh, I love doing this. I love doing that. This is something I really enjoy doing with my clients. And it comes back to that. You might be a person who, who's you know, going to face two or three of these versus uh, a pro who's shooting a hundred free throws after practice every single day. There's just not much that's surprising. What is it about this aspect of the financial functions of business functions that is so interesting and inspiring to you? Why do you love this so much? Why do you love helping people with this particular aspect so much? Because you learn a lot. Um, that's part of it. You, I'm, I'm, I'm curious by nature and. I would say one of the areas that I personally um, thrive in is getting to wear a lot of hats. Mm. So the the M and A or the transaction, because it doesn't only have to be M and A; it can be uh, capital allocation, taxes. Um, but those transactions will allow you to wear different hats to find um, opportunities to research and understand the differences in this company and how it could um, ultimately be a good acquirer, a good, a good acquisition for a, uh, for a deal. Carlos Sava. I say this a lot in these episodes, but the smartest guy in the room, and it's true. Uh, oh. I always enjoy reconnecting with you and catching up. Um, and I love how um, obviously inspired and invigorated you are with this. We have something called the transaction uh, the transaction flywheel, the 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 FGC flywheel, part of the framework at ProCFO Partners. Jump over to the website of ProCFOPartners.com because there's more to explore there. And obviously, we're remiss if we say, give Carlos a call if this stuff is making your head scratch or uh, keeping you up at night because um, it is important to have somebody on your team who isn't intimidated or overwhelmed, but who sees the opportunity and the Uh, approaches this stuff with uh, an intellect and a curiosity and an enthusiasm that I think really benefits business leaders. Thanks so much, Carlos. Great to connect today, buddy. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.